All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. You're watching Leafs Morning Take with host Nick Alberga and former NHLer Jay Rosen. The show starts now. We serve a variety of purposes here on Leafs Morning Take. Among them, we talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs, but we also remind you when it's Valentine's Day. What's going on? It's the Wednesday edition of Leafs Morning Take. It's Nick Alberga, my main man, Carter Hutton. What's going on, buddy? Ah, nice to be back. Eh? I thought you brought me in because I was your Valentine, buddy. But it's uh, <laughs> it's good to be here and uh, obviously excited to chat. Things are hot right now in Leaf Nation, so a good day to jump on. Yeah, lots to talk about today, Huts. But again, I think a lot of people out there in this world need a a quick reminder sometimes, especially if you're in a longer term type thing where it's like you sort of lose sight of the days. Then you creep up and you're like, oh, no, it's Valentine's Day. So, uh, I mean, do you, do you have any traditions that you keep in line on Valentine's Day? Any of them? Oh, nothing crazy. My wife and I are pretty straightforward, right? If we want something, we're going to get it. So we just try to birthdays, we go for dinner and Valentine's Day. I stopped this morning. I got her flowers and my daughter flowers. So I think holding my daughter, making sure I get her something is probably better than my kids chocolate and stuff like that, but nothing too crazy on our end here. Very well done. So my next question following that up is uh, what would uh, the Maple Leafs and Morgan Riley's camp get the NHL on Valentine's Day? Oh, I don't think they're going to get anything right now. I I don't know what you give for being bad on Valentine's Day. Let's just give them coal. That's a a stinger, that five-gamer, and they're going to miss him. But they played real well last night without him. But I agree they need to uh, send a message to player safety. We're going to dissect that for sure. We have John Scott coming up in about, I guess, 25 minutes. We're going to get his thoughts on that. Um, Rosie and I put put together a video last night. You can check out on the Leafs Nation 4-1, just breaking down the suspension, but uh, I don't know. Initially, when I saw it, I'm like, maybe a couple games. It turned into five games, but I think the interesting part is that hearing last night in the uh, post-game reaction thoughts from Sheldon Keefe that I guess Brad Tree Living is going to talk today, like he's going to do a presser or a scrum or something. Like, I'm curious to see what this guy says. Like, what can he say? I don't think he's going to rip the league. No, I don't think so. At this point, like what's done is done. I don't really see what you gain from ripping the league. But at some point, I know you got to stand up for your players and like verbally, you know, show you have their back. But at the same time, it's really, you know, I guess you don't want to burn too many bridges because, you know, if something happens again, the last thing you want to do is lose somebody else to something stupid just because you shot your mouth off over something that was already done. Yeah. And and the crazy thing about this is, I guess the Leafs and, and the league are pissed off because uh, news of the suspension leaked before one official in public. And I think that's how Riley and the lease might've found out like um, the verdict, which again is so 2024. If you do recall last night on Tuesday night, it came out 
I guess, 15, 20 minutes before it actually came out via the league and the Department of Player Safety. But I think that's just the era we live in. People are unhappy today, though. Yeah, no, it stuff gets leaked, right? Even look at, you know, with Daily Faceoff, Ozzy Frank, Saravelli, Link, and the whole Seattle Kraken team, right? <laughs> like stuff gets leaked, and that's not on the media. That's not on anybody but the league, right? If you're going to do your job, keep things in-house, keep it private until you want to publicly announce it. So I find that frustrating at times where, you know, they go one way or the other and, and they want things to stay in-house or even when I, even with playing with teams, when we do like special jerseys for different stuff, they want to keep it in house and stuff always gets leaked. So I find it frustrating. I think the league needs to do a better job of that. So then they can promote it as they want to, when it's ready. And I think obviously finding out that way for the Leafs is frustrating, but that's the day we live in now. Things get leaked and usually X hits it first. Yeah, that's true. I love how you call it X and not Twitter anymore. But when you played, uh, were you very conscious or careful of what you said stuff to? Like I talked to a couple of players, obviously in this league and, the one thing I've noticed, and maybe it's because they're vets, they're just very careful what they put out. Not that they don't trust me, but like it's one of those things where they understand the industry and the way you know technology and information is spreading like wildfire these days. Were you just very careful the way you handled biz? Yeah, for sure. I feel like I never tried to say too much. I was I wasn't good enough to say too much, right? You know, you have different <laughs> players that can speak out and have a little longer leash than I did. But I remember one time when I was playing in uh, Nashville, it was my first full season, and. We were going down to play Florida. Um, it was a Tuesday night or something like that. So I think Monday after practice, I was getting interviewed. And I said, they're like, well, you know, are you ready to play this game? You know, they don't get a lot of fans. And I made a comment like, well, I played in the American League where, you know, sometimes you play in Peoria and nobody would be there. So I'd expect I'd be able to create my like kind of chirping Florida fans, but not like in the same extent. And I remember the goalie coach coming to me after and just giving to me Mitch Corn legend, just like you haven't done shit in this league yet. Like keep your mouth shut. Like don't say anything bad about a team. And I, I wasn't, but it was a good learning experience for me. Like, Hey, less is more at times, you know? So, and it's definitely police like that, right? Where, you know, really Greg obviously hasn't had that conversation taking clappers and nets, but you know, you kind of respect the guys before you respect the game. We're going to get into that too. Cause again, always curious to get the goaltenders perspective on that. We had Braden Shen, your buddy, your former teammate on the show yesterday. Surprise, surprise. He was back in the rally camp and the response and how appropriate it was. And he sort of called it an embarrassing moment on really Griggs behalf. Uh, Grig, by the way, spoke on Tuesday night following another victory for the Ottawa senators. They're on fire and, and I don't know. He didn't really say much. Like I didn't expect him to say a whole lot. Um, he pretty much just said he saw the empty night. He shot it. But again, the wording in, in the suspension, too, is something I know I want to get into. So let's get after it. Uh, brought to you by DoorDash. It's time for the appetizer for a limited time. Our listeners can get 25% off up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees in their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app, enter code NATION25. That's code NATION25, uppercase 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Offer valid in Canada, subject to change, terms apply. So again, at the Leafs Nation 401, where you can subscribe here on YouTube, smash that like button as well. Leafs Morning Take, wherever you find your podcast. So I thought we would uh, talk about the game first, because I thought that was a pretty monster story outside of the five-game suspension of Morgan Riley. But the, the big news happened like moments before the two teams hit the ice huts for the pregame in the fact that Mitch Marner and John Tavares both missed the game with the flu, adding to Morgan Riley, of course. and they're missing over $29 plus million in salary on that roster. Mm. This is the most Maple Leafs victory you can get. I mean, this team is so inconsistent, and they find a way to smother the red-hot St. Louis Blues on Tuesday night. Yeah, it's almost like perfect, right? You know what's going to happen, right? All these guys are missing. They come up, they step up. But it just honestly, like, it goes to show you, I know everyone is like, you know, you're missing all this money, you're missing all these players. But for me, it's the fact that, like, there's just good depth in the NHL, right? It just goes yeah. to show you. Maybe this is a shot in the arm they need to see, like, Bobby McMahon step up and get their depth six going that they can do it right where I don't think it's sustainable over time. You're going to want the best players in the lineup, but just shows you how close these guys are. Like I always felt that way playing the NHL, like the best players are definitely the best, but it's such small margins. But when you get everyone to buy in and play a team game, like was that the least shots they give up since 2014 or something like Samsonov, yeah. literally anyone you, Nikki, you could have played net. I know Vicky on producing there. He wants to be a goal. He could have been in net last night. They could have won. Right. So it's one of those things where it just shows you when you have a team committed to playing goaltending or playing, sorry, playing structure, playing the right way, getting pucks and deep, grinding them, grinding them, grinding them. You're going to find offense. You're going to find ways to win games. So for me, it's like, where do they go from here though? That's where it's like, this is Toronto Maple Leafs hockey. What's the next game break? Well, I for sure am not the only one mystified and um, borderline pissed off and annoyed at what I saw. Like, it, it just it just proved again what this team is capable of. Like, I just mentioned it. They're missing six regulars 
and three of their highest paid players. And the St. Louis Blues had won seven of eight. Maybe they were hung over a bit from the Super Bowl, but the Leafs watched two last time I checked. And they outshoot them 30 to 15. Like it, it literally makes no sense how you can miss that much star talent on your roster and still find a way not only to win, but to dominate in the way they did. And I know it's a one-off. It's one of 82. They play St. Louis again on Monday. But that is so damn annoying. I I can only wonder how Sheldon Keefe feels after watching that type of performance, you know? But you know they have it in them, at least. Yeah, it's got to be frustrating, I think, just from all parts of the organization, right? From someone that's not on the rink, being able to see, like, this is the potential. This is the way we can play. And again, I feel like we've touched on this every time I'm on, is like, that is the consistency, the structure, the right way to play the game that is going to help you when it comes to the playoffs. Because we know the run and gun game doesn't fly in the playoffs. Everything gets tighter, and they showed it last night. They can play that way without those guys in the lineup. Now, if can those guys, outside of Tavares, which plays that style of game, but can Mitch Marner buy into playing this way and getting rid of the, you know, the high-risk hockey at certain times, you know? Yeah, that's the thing I noticed. Honestly, I, I thought it was probably their best period of the year in, in period one, outside of that crazy crazy beatdown of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Period two and period three, I thought they slipped a bit. They were making those turnovers that we've seen and and got accustomed to seeing throughout this season, namely Willie Nylander. They're just the loop-de-loop shit. And you're going to get that when you have star power and talent. I get that. And they rectified their mistakes. I thought Timothy Lilligren had a pretty good night. Mark Giordano made some good plays. Like, it was one cohesive unit. And I bet as a goalie, if you're Ilya Samsonov, man, and you're only called upon to take on 15 shots, you, you got to feel pretty damn good about your team after that victory now oh yeah for sure and it was predictable right for me i thought brody was really good i thought giordano played a great game on the back end which we haven't seen they've had like some tough stretches here and from a goalie standpoint it's nice to get a game like that under your belt like it reminds me of when i was in st louis and i had a big season the predictability of the hockey as a goalie makes it a lot easier where when the leafs are off and things are running gun it's all over the map it's a lot harder as a goalie to be engaged in those games having confidence when you don't know what's going to happen. You're worried about a back door. You're worried about a second opportunity where it was like Sansonoff just had to be on his feet, beat plays. He knew it was predictable. And I think granted it was only 15 shots, but if you're playing that way, even if you're giving up 30, it's still a better brand of hockey, which is more predictable and it makes for more success across the board for me, Nikki. Yeah. And I think to your point of what you said a couple moments ago, like they played that brand that you're probably going to have to play in the Stanley cup playoffs, like that heavier type game. That was the first time in a while I noticed his team play with desperation and urgency and pace. And like they took the attack to the St. Louis Blues, where I'll be honest, I entered that game thinking, are they going to play like a wounded animal? Uh, what was me type mentality? And they didn't like the first shift from puck drop, dude, they brought it. They took it to the St. Louis Blues. And maybe the Blues were victim of being like, you know what? These guys are missing half their team. It's points night. We're going to win this hockey game. And credit to Toronto for jumping on them. But I like the fact that they didn't use the fact that they were missing Riley and Tavares and Marner against them. They just went out there and worked really, really hard. I like that. I know it just shows you sometimes that if you get guys that are in a different role, they're getting a bigger opportunity. Sometimes there's less time to worry, less time to think you're just playing, you're engaged, you're getting that opportunity and you never know what can come of it. Right. I feel like numerous times in my career, I've like told buddies that like, guy, Hey guys are out of the lineup on this team, like whatever. And uh, it, it never, it never ceases to fail me. The team that you think is down in the dirt that missing a bunch of guys. I think the Preds one year had uh food poisoning. Neil or James Neal was texting me like, Hey, everybody's out of the game telling my buddies they go into Dallas and they wax them for one where it's like, if you were betting on Vegas, you would be like, what the hell are you talking about? But you give guys an opportunity. It just shows you, I feel like the, the development in hockey and like the skill level is very flat across the board. It's more of a bottleneck. Like the guys that can get in and find ways to play where you have those generational talents like Austin Matthews and Nylander, but the rest of the guys are so close. You get a big opportunity and they cashed in last night. It was nice to see, especially maybe giving a shot in the arm to that bottom six to be like, hey, we need you to help out. And that was a great way to do it. Well, that's exactly it. Um, in moments like that, when you're missing two prolific guys like John Tavares and Mitch Marner specifically up front, you need that bottom six. And to that point, there's a lot we can discuss. But the man of the game, Bobby McMahon, he, he was just so good. Um, deceiving speed, his track down speed. Um, even the way you know he scores the third goal in the empty net, um, I thought it was a strong play to get it out of the zone and obviously a bit of luck on his side, but he gets the hat trick. Like You need that. Those are the type of players that put you over the top. Like people may think it's a joke, but it's true. Like those are the type of players and goals and, and efforts that put you over the top when it matters most in the Stanley cup playoffs. And it's just good for Bobby McMahon. I mean, it, it must be tough 
to play a role like that on a team where you're not a mainstay on that roster, you're in and out. I think that was a story from the game is he wasn't supposed to play, only played because Tavares and Marner were out. Yeah, and we, opportunities come in your way, right? That's why you're always prepared. That's why you're always ready. Um, and for Bobby McMahon, he's not no stranger to finding the back of the net, right? Like, you know, in 30 games last year in the American Hockey League, he had 21 goals, which is, that's a lot of goals in the American Hockey League. I know a lot of people don't follow the American Hockey League that closely, but it is very good. It's a hard league to score in, potentially harder because of like, it's just a little more chaotic where it's a little more predictable in the NHL and guys are better making plays. And and for him, he's a Big body, works hard. I don't know if you guys softened Schenner up there because he kind of let him cut to the net there pretty good. So maybe that was like the the Leafs morning take there, a little bump from him, maybe eh? like, hey, take it easy on Bobby there. But uh, the second goal for me is a is a huge goal. You know, it kind of gets you over the hump. It's from a crazy angle. And I it is a bit of a rolling puck, but he knows what he's doing. He's putting it to an area. He's trying to find it. And it's, it's huge. And I love the, it was like a perfect uh, uh, hat trick goal, right? Just off the wall, the redirect will <laughs> shot. And it just, just enough to get in before crew can get it. It was a pretty cool moment for him and getting to know Bobby a little bit when I was with Toronto and with the Marlies. Uh, it's, it's great to see a guy like that undrafted coming in and having that success. Man, and it's something we've been preaching all season long. Who, whoever my coach has been, you included, like simplify the game. And I thought the Leafs played St. Louis's game last night. Like hockey at the, day, at the end of the day is not a difficult sport. I mean, sometimes you simplify it and that's how you get the job done. I mean, the Leafs fall victim to playing this loop-de-loop, you know, high talent type shit. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I think you look at Stanley Cup winners, like it's, it's you know, it's Florida Panthers style. It's St. Louis Blues style. And I thought they brought St. Louis, what the Blues do effective, to the Blues. And I thought that was part of the big story. Like you just mentioned all the offense they scored. They got a fortuitous bounce in the Nylander goal, but like everything was hard nosed. Like they, they just went about their business and they weren't trying to like deep between three guys. Like it's amazing what happens when you just put the puck on net. eh? Oh yeah, for sure. Right. And that's where chaos starts. Right. I feel like for me as a goalie, whenever I was playing and we would have a team that was rolling or we're grinding it in, you kind of come in waves, right? Chip it in, go at them, go at them, go at them. Then over 60 minutes, you create opportunities, you wear their D down, you draw a power play, you do what you need to do. But when you're playing that soft game and you're trying to get too cute, I feel like that's when you take it easy on the goalie too. It's like getting to the net, getting traffic, being chaotic all the time over a period of game. And then that consistency comes in your game. So then I feel like when you are off, it's easier to just fall back on that instead of when you're playing run and gun. It's beautiful when it's on, but it's a lot harder to find it when you're off. What'd you think of that Bertuzzi, Domi, Robertson trio? Like, it's sort of funny. Bobby McMahon got all the bounces, including a big one there on the empty netter for the hat trick. And then conversely, you look at Tyler Bertuzzi, hasn't scored a goal in 18 games, hits a post, has three monster opportunities among others in that game and just can't buy a goal right now. And again, a lot of us in Leafs nation, just uh, crossing our fingers, hoping all his offense is coming uh, late in the season into the Stanley cup playoffs, of course. You know, it's, it's nice to see him around it. You know what I mean? If he wasn't getting those chances, if he wasn't on it, I'd be more worried, right? It's one of those things where you look at some guys and it's like, are they're struggling, but are they generating? Are they getting anything? Is it just that close? Is it like, we're just waiting for one to go in and the floodgates are going to open for him. So for me, it's the hope that he has the experience. He has the playoff experience and success for Domi, these guys that can step it up when it matters, but it gets a little worrisome when we're at this point and we're like the, the actual bottom six score in that depth scoring is like counted on by Bobby McMahon. When you have these two guys that are on contracts that are show me deals, like this is your time to prove it. And they're both not proving it, which is a little worrisome for me because I don't know how you crank it up to the next level, but my hope is that depth comes into play with their experience, but it's, it's a little nerve wracking watching when they're not producing. It's nuts. That's what it is. I mean, players come to Toronto and it's like, they sort of forget how to do their thing and play their game. Like even Max Domi, I, nobody in that building thought Tyler Bertuzzi is going to pass that puck backdoor on the power play like Tyler Bertuzzi is not known for being a, for being a playmaker that was an incredible pass and then Domi just like put it in the Bennington like if you you know a player's feeling it when he can't finish that like that was a wide open net and I know um Bennington's you know sprawled out and all that but like those two guys specifically have not been able to find their groove all season long and Maybe you just chalk it up to another player or two players coming to Toronto and just can't find their way. Like, it's just such a different market, right? 
No, it is. Yeah. It, it's interesting in the fact of, I feel like sometimes the goalie gets so many credits on those plays. Like I've been in those situations before where the guy just puts it into you, right? He has like, yeah. if it's a hot, if, if that's puck is on Austin Matthews stick, it's in the back of the net, right? There's just a little extra poise, a little extra patience, but to see them making the chances, see Bertuzzi getting that confidence going, you know, it is a positive, but at the same time, like, is it the market? I would hope that guys like Bertuzzi and Domi have enough experience and enough like maturity and veteranship in the league to just be able mm-hmm. to get over the hump and deal with all that comes with it. The social media, the the praise, the noise, the good and bad of it. So that's worrisome to me, I guess. But I, I also I, I have faith that these guys are big game players. And as it gets down the stretch here, they're going to be more impactful. But, you know, time will tell here. So the Leafs send a six-game home losing streak against St. Louis. They improved a 15-2-1 and in 18 outings uh, without Morgan Rowley since the beginning of last season. That makes no sense. But I wanted to speak to Jake McCabe a bit. For people who don't know, you played with McCabe. You're actually buddies with him. What type of guy is he? Because he's like really, really quiet. We don't hear much from him. Doesn't speak to the media. He's been bleeding left and right the last little while. Reminds me of Stone Cold Steve Austin from WrestleMania years back. I think against Bret Hart. Like, the guy is really taking on this warrior persona, which I love to see. And he was running the first power play. That was a big story, too. The Leafs actually got two power plays in that game. Huge. Yeah, but Caber's a great guy. He's, he's more talented than you think than he comes on. He plays a hard-nosed game very defensively responsible and off the rink is a great guy. I feel like at one point I reached out about trying to come on here and he told me to kick rocks and and like, we're honestly good buddies, but it's just his thing. He doesn't do that. This is, he just wants to play hockey. He wants to stay away from it. He's a guy that is you want in your dressing room. When I played in Buffalo, it was Kyle Ocposo, Jake McCabe, myself, maybe Sam Reinhardt, Jack Eichel that were like the vocal guys, but for guys that were normal and like came to work every day, did their job. There's nobody better than Jake McCabe. He is a glue guy on this team and he shows it every night. He plays through injury. He's dealt with a lot of injuries over his career because he's fairly undersized for the game that he plays, but he is a warrior. Like you even see him the other night when he busted up against Dallas, right? He's on the bench swearing at the ref. He's going, like he is not leaving that game. He's going to try to make him pay the rest of the game. And that is stuff that instills in a team that doesn't have it, right? I see that. And that's like that old school, like, I'm going to work where this is not going to be a soft game. I'm going to make it hard every night on your hardest players. And in the room, he's an unbelievable guy. So I love to see him getting some recognition because I know he gets, takes some heat sometimes at well, but you know, he wears it on his heart and I'm, you know, he's a good buddy of mine. It's just weird. Cause I remember early on in his career dating back to his time with the world junior team, he was known as more of an offensive guy, like running power plays and stuff like that. And he's really morphed his game and evolved his game into more of a defensively responsible shutdown type guy. And that's happened over the X amount of years, the last couple of years specifically. And now he's running the first power play unit. We'll see how that fares. Obviously a bit of a different look without Riley, without Tavares, uh, without Marner in that lineup, but the Leafs did not score a power play goal, but that was a development. They did get a power play after going, uh, for the second time in 50 games back on Saturday. Ironically enough, in that game against Ottawa where they didn't receive a power play, there was one pending on the Matthews goal, but it's just, again, a bit of a head-scratcher. Nevertheless, this segment is brought to you by Douglas, named Canada's best mattress on Canadian living. Douglas is loved by more than 200,000 Canadians, and they're backed by over 10,000 five-star reviews. Every mattress order comes with a free comfort sleep bundle, two memory foam pillows with pillow protectors, one luxurious cotton sheet set, and one mattress protector. That's a $650 value. Yours for free when you order a Douglas mattress. Now order today at douglas.ca slash LMT, douglas.ca slash LMT. So the news comes out on uh, Tuesday night, I guess, just what, 30, 40 minutes before game time, five-game suspension for Morgan Rally. Let's put this in chronological order again because you haven't spoken about it on this show. First and foremost, your thoughts on everything that transpired on Saturday, starting with Ridley Gregg shooting into the empty net. Well, I, I, him shooting into the net, taking a slap shot, his response saying it today, like, is bullshit. Like, you know what you're doing. You play, you played hockey long enough, man. You were just embarrassing the other team, right? It's just go down, shoot the puck in the net. There's no need to take a slap shot. Like, all I see there is you embarrassing, you know, a Leafs team that you just beat. And don't be surprised when someone comes at you, man. You've been playing this game long enough. Like you, what you just did, it needs to be, you know, answered upon what I think, I think it deserved a response. I just don't think it needs to be a cross check to the head. That's where it's like, you know, you need to walk that line of like the new age NHL and not hurting guys. Cause it's also 
guys get on the rink to play a living. I think he should have tried to cross-check him in the ribs or try to fight him, do whatever he had to do. I just think cross-checking the head is over the line. But at the same time, it definitely warranted a response, in my opinion. I feel like this is very polarizing in the hockey community. It just drew a line in the sand, old school versus new school. People arguing like what really Scott is nothing wrong. Like get out of here. You don't have a clue what goes on in the rink. You don't have a clue how emotional this game is. So I struggle with that. But at the same time, I also meet you in the middle. He can't just cross check someone in the head. That's my take on it. Yeah, no, that's fair. And that's what we talked about. And of course, we had the unique perspective of like a Jay Rosehill, who was an enforcer in this league for X amount of years. Right. And I think he agreed with that. And I think the heat of the moment, um, you know, your emotions get the best of you. And I think the biggest positive I can grab from the least perspective is that somebody stepped up and said, no, we're not doing this tonight. By the way, Greg, his response yesterday after the game, a lot of adrenaline, the heat of the moment, the heat of the game. It was an emotional game. I just got a breakaway and thought I would bury it, which leads us to the synopsis of how the NHL, I guess, landed on this five-game suspension because they put out their customary video after it. Uh, They said it was different from other cross-checks to the head because there was no mutual jousting. And Ridley Grigg didn't know this was coming, which I have a hard time to believe. You do that. You fuck around. You find out. So I wasn't crazy about that in the description. And then it goes on to say Morgan Riley had plenty of time to engage in a different manner and chose not to, which I think is understandable. It's acceptable. Having said that, it's tough to quantify through video the timing because I think anybody who's played sports, I mean, there's a quick reaction time and it, it, it seems like it's one second. But just your general thoughts on sort of the breakdown from the NHL where they landed at five games because, man, they were taking a while to come down with this verdict. Yeah, like I know they didn't engaged physically or like they did though by him taking that slap shot he knew what he was doing right it'd be like somebody scoring the seventh goal of a hockey game and jumping in the glass and pumping it shit's gonna come your way like you have to know (laughs) we've been around the game long enough this is the way it works i i agree that it wasn't like i like i see david perron getting six and i think it's like a thousand times worse like he skates at him it's straight at his head like it kind of comes up a bit i also am on the side of Okay, like having a son and a family, like my kid loves watching hockey. He sees Morgan Riley, you know, a star of the team, cross-checking a guy in the head. I don't want him to think that's acceptable on a hockey rink either. But I also think that it is hockey. There still is roots. It's a physical game. Guys need to be policed. I just think the way he went about it is wrong. And like, really, Greg, like, get out of here with your comments, man. Like, if you're that clueless, that's on you, man. This is like the National League because you're going to figure it out quick because that that shit doesn't fly. It's funny, like it's really telling. I mentioned yesterday with Braden Shen, like it was really telling the response by Claude Giroux after the game, who's a veteran in that room, a local product. And he really didn't back Ridley Gregg. And I couldn't agree with more with you. Like if you didn't think something was coming, then you haven't, I don't know what's going on in your brain, even if it is 2024. Like he had to know what he was doing. He he was going to start something. And then the action was yeah. brought to him. And I think from that perspective, it's sort of funny that you look at this five-game suspension, and I talked about this yesterday with Rosie, it almost feels like the Leafs dodged a bullet. Having said that, like this shouldn't have been the circus it was. It was the circus it was because it was the Toronto Maple Leafs and people love ganging up on this team and just causing a stir and and sort of ironic because that's what started this whole conversation. I think most people would have been content with two to three games, but it turns into five games, but... In, in the big picture, Huts, I think they actually dodged a bullet because it felt like a point in time on Monday, and you always have to be careful with social media and media in general, but like the, the league was ready to throw the book at this guy, and then ultimately they landed five games, one less than David Perron earlier this year. Yeah, I thought like two or three games instantly, I thought, just because like yeah. the way it happened. It's Morgan Riley. He's not like a vicious player. And then like I, I guess maybe because I understand the heat of the moment and the fact of like, Yes, I think Morgan Riley would be the first one to admit, like, hey, I shouldn't have cross-checked him in the head. But, like, anyone who's played hockey or played the game at any level is, like, what he did was ridiculous, right? For me, I touch back on, like, some of the leadership guys I've been with, like Shea Weber, for example. Quiet leader. You know, Morgan Riley plays by example. I remember one time Philip Forsberg scored again. I forget who we were playing. He scored, like, the fifth goal of the game, make it, like, 5-1. And he did, like, the sword tuck, like, the (laughs) Radulov. On our team, he was playing for our team. And he was a rookie, young guy. He skates off. I remember Jay comes down the bench and just like grabs him. Like, we don't do that here. Like, cut the shit, right? And that's where it's like Ridley Gregg. I think someone needs to do that. There still needs to be that. We don't embarrass someone. And Shea, again, to touch on him again, if anyone ever did anything stupid against us, 
he would make that guy's a night a living hell the rest of the game. And that's what I feel like this guy is going to get exposed to. Like even last night, guys take shots. I don't know if that's impact of what he did, but at the same time, man, if you're going to play that role, get ready what comes with it because you're not going to enjoy it. That was a future leaf Boone Jenner who delivered that hit, by the way, on uh, Ridley Gregg. And and that's a good point. Like, I wonder moving forward in this season, I know Ottawa's on fire. I know Ridley Gregg is a relatively green player in this league. I don't think he's reached the 60-game mark in terms of his NHL career. But I wonder if you start to see vets, like, take shots. Like, you know, if you want to have that conversation leading into next year when the Leafs and the Sens resume the Battle of Ontario... Do I think there's going to be any carryover? Absolutely not, knowing this Maple Leafs team. They will forget about it. They probably have already forgot about it. So I think we can get that out of our head. I could already see the headlines heading into that game. I'm not I'm not taking that bait on this show next year because I know there's going to be no response from the Leafs next year. If they if they, they wanted to respond, they would have responded. They did respond. Morgan Riley and then Austin Matthews came in. John Tavares came in with his customary. I don't know what that is. He grabs the guy. Mitch Marner took him nine seconds to enter the frame. There's going to be no repercussion, no response. But I'm curious to see around the league, and maybe it started with Boone Jenner, if there is sort of a response. Because again, a lot of players haven't spoken to this, and I thought it was really cool that we got the reaction of a current captain in the league and a Braden Shen. It just so happened that he came on, and we had scheduled him to come on yesterday. But he he's not the only one to share that opinion that Ridley Gregg was in the wrong for what he did. It just, again, to, to start this whole conversation, we talked about new school versus old school. There's a lot of people out there who feel Ridley Grigg did nothing wrong. And maybe it's just the old school mentality that he did. Yeah. And I, f- I don't want to pass judgment, but I want to say that most people, maybe I'm defending it a bit here, but like, if you're saying he didn't do anything wrong, you have no idea how hockey works. Like you've never played the game. You've never done like, or you're like some guy that's just so irrelevant to how the game works. Like you just can't do that kind of stuff. There's like, I get maybe if Ovi did it, you'd still be like, I'd let it slide maybe because it's like a legend doing exactly. it or something. Yeah. But but at the same time, if Ovi did it, he'd probably be the first one to be like, screw them. I just want to send a message that they can't play with us or something, right? At least he would own it, right? Where I feel like this is just this in-between BS. And if you talk to anyone with credibility or anyone who's been around the game, like Braden Shen or any other normal hockey player, new school or old school, even like a new school player, a younger guy, he's going to tell you that's BS. I'm sure Brady Kachuk is a younger guy, a newer school player, that still plays old school, he'd be like, he knew what he was doing. That's BS. If his, if Matthew could truck their point Florida and Matthew did that, Brady'd be the first one to try to jump him and take his head off, right? It's one of those things. It's, I think it's just, we have to find a happy meeting with the game. It's still hockey, right? Let's not turn this into something different. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Yeah, let's not forget, this is also a league where guys do the gritty after they score goals. I mean, it's 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 a different, different era, Huts, that we're, we're accustomed to seeing than we did maybe a couple of years back. But let's get to today's guest. The following interview is brought to you by our friends over at Battlegrounds Axe Throwing. Unlock the ultimate birthday party, team building event, or have a great date night with your significant other. To find a location and book an outing today, go to battlegrounds.com. That's B-A-T-L grounds.com. As we bring in from dropping the gloves, former NHL enforcer, it is John Scott. What's going on, John? 
Not much, guys. Thanks for having me. How's it going? We're good. We're good. good. Obviously, uncovering a lot. And thank you so much for doing this. Uh, uncovering a lot from the last 72 to 96 hours here in, in Toronto. Just uh, first and foremost, five-game suspension. Too high, too low, or just right for Morgan Riley? I think just right. I think it kind of fits what he did. He obviously overreacted. I think he would regret getting a stick up in uh, his, his head area if it's around the shoulder at zero games. But it is what it is. I think it's close to the Pierre Turgeon and Dale Hunter thing. Manel 20 some years ago, or he got 21 games. So five, five seems like a good amount for me, but you Leafs guys were probably up in arms. Oh, he should have got zero. You know, uh, George Peros is coming after us like Sheldon Keefe. It's all a conspiracy theory. Just give me a break. You guys five games. Good amount. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it is the right amount. And I think if you talk to Morgan Riley, he'd be the first one to admit like, hey, like I didn't, I just shouldn't have got him in the head, right? There should have been a different way to go about it. But for me, this this is a touchy subject. I'm sure you got to be on my side here. What do you think he did taking that slap shot in that really Greg? Is that okay? Or is that a message like, hey, we're just trying to embarrass another hockey team? I, I don't know how you stand, Carter, but I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. This is a rivalry game. Ottawa Senators, like you're at home, you want to make a statement when you're, you're on a little bit of a roll and you're saying, this is our province. Come on, baby. We, we got to, you know, win these games and it's good for the rivalry. It, I loved it. I, I think it was a fantastic play. I know people are up in arms. It's, it's not, you know, it goes against the code. You got to respect your, your opponent's screw. No, you don't. You embarrass them. You're, you're up by a goal. You have an empty net. You have a chance to just dig the knife in and you do it. I thought it was a great play by him. So, John, I thought the interesting part was what the NHL sort of said when they handed out the five-game suspension. Sort of the synopsis was that, like, Ridley Grigg didn't know this was coming. Like, that's a joke, right? Like, he had to know something was coming when he did that, right? Yeah. Yeah, you do something to elicit a reaction. He's not going in there and having, like, the hardest slap shot competition from the top of the crease for no reason. Like, he's he's doing that to get a reaction from the Leafs, and he got exactly what he wanted. You can see him kind of glancing back. It's, it's clear as day. He knows what's coming. And, uh, yeah, that that was that's strange for the league to say that because players do things to get a reaction out of the other team and from the fans and everybody involved. So, it, it, every everything plays into it here. So he, Greg got exactly what he wanted, and he got Morgan Riley to take five games on him. So it, it's a perfect uh, end game for him. Yeah, I agree. I think just knowing the fact of like, if you're Ridley Gray, you got to know something's coming, which I agree with. And it does start the rivalry. It, it keeps us talking about it. Uh, you know, for me on this fact of this Leafs team, you know, what you've seen from them and how, you know, the response and, you know, what does this mean moving forward? You know, does it show they have a little bit of heart or is it just based on this core four just flubbing us in the playoffs again? No, I, th I don't think anyone's ever questioned Morgan Riley's heart. I think out of the whole, you know, top group of guys who have been there a long time, he's been the one mainstay. It's like, this guy cares. Like, he he really does care about the the crest on the front, not the back. But I liked it. You know, at least it's something. Because if, if he doesn't do anything, we're talking about how much of a coward he is and then how bad the Leafs are. They didn't respond when, you know, they got embarrassed and you know, this and that. So, he had to do something. I think he took it a little bit too far, but at the end of the day, this, this will be a net positive for Toronto. It shows that he's sticking up for his team. We won't be embarrassed, blah, 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 all that crap. But it, it's a good response from uh, Morgan. So we all agree it's an appropriate response. Um, how could he have handled that situation differently? Obviously, I mean, he didn't think to cross-check a guy in the head and obviously got paid for it with the five-game suspension. But how would you have handled that situation? What would have made it a proper way to handle it? Well, you, you probably try to get him head on, right? But he's skating yeah. away from you. It's it's a weird thing. You're following him. I would have probably grabbed him and then just started throwing. And it's, it's it's funny how that would have been less of a suspension if he just drops his mitts and, like, attacks him with his hands. That's maybe a couple games, but you get five because he hits him with his stick up in the neck area. It's just it's so weird how hockey that's – that's okay, but you can't cross-check him. But I can feed him his lunch for for two or three punches before people jump in that's fine <laughs> so yeah drop your gloves and chase them i guess would have been the better answer <laughs> yeah yeah i guess it's one of those things where it's policed right i guess the big take from them is like it was a non-hockey play in the sense of it wasn't live in action where i disagree with like like you said touched on really greg he knows it's coming after he did that warrants that response and i feel like you played on the edge right like this was part of your job was being an antagonizer and protecting mm -hmm. guys like that you know moving forward anytime in 
when you're on a team like this and you're trying to create a response like Ridley did, you know, do you expect that? And you think that's going to help Ottawa moving forward as well? Yeah, this is a galvanizing thing for them. That was a big win. They beat Big Brother and they're going to go ahead and hopefully, you know, make a push for the end of the year. They're nowhere near the playoffs. And they did this last year where they had this late season push and they're playing meaningful games. But they, they needed something to kind of jar their team and jar their system and shake it up a little bit. So this is good for them. And they're, they're a garbage team, Ottawa, this year. I don't, I don't know what happened to them, but they, they'll be, uh, you know, this will be something they can hang their hat on at the end of the season. Yeah, we beat Toronto, and, they, you know, we really got under the feathers. This is a good thing, and they can, you know, take it for next year maybe. I don't know. No, I mean, as per usual, they're in line for the second half Stanley Cup in Ottawa. This is what they do. They have a shit first half, then they find their way. They miss the playoffs by five games. It's going to happen again. But I wanted to piggyback off that because that's a great point for Hutz to bring up. I think in this market in Toronto, we're looking for that galvanizing moment and we're looking for the past and what's what's happened last year. The Florida Panthers, Keith Kachuk called his son's team soft. Now, like I wonder if the Leafs can use this sort of as a rallying cry, a galvanizing moment for a turnaround, a massive turnaround. Do you think it they have it in them or have we seen this song and dance for, for from this team before? Well, like a turnaround, turnaround how? All of a sudden they're going to be like a checking team or they're going to, to change the way they play. I think we know who the Leafs are. I just think they have to put it all together in the playoffs. They they obviously are in one of the toughest, toughest divisions in the Atlantic where you're playing Stanley Cup contenders in the first round, unfortunately. So uh, I, I don't know. Like they have a great team. They're just running into an era where there are better teams. And hopefully I always pick them, you guys. Like I, I think they have great, great players and they – they just can't seem to put it together in the playoffs. Like you mentioned, they run into a hot Florida Panthers team. They run into Tampa Bay, who's an absolute wagon. And it's just, who is it this year? Is, is it Boston? Is it Tampa? Is it Florida again? So I, I don't know. I just don't think they have it. But this, this isn't the group. What are you going to do? Yeah, I think time has told, you know, the way the game is played now, you look at previous winners, you look at Florida making the final Vegas, you know, it's obviously built on structure. And, you know, I guess for me, I'm just trying to find some hope in the sense of like the way they played last night with a depleted lineup, getting some guys to, you know, buy in and play the game right. Like, I feel like they have some good guys in the back end with McCabe and Benoit trying to play the way, way, grind it out. You know, for me, when you look at this Atlantic division and the Eastern Conference, you know, where's a good matchup for them? You think they sit, you know, because you talk about Boston being a powerhouse, like the whole division florida tampa you know for me who do you think they match up well against coming in the playoffs i think boston i think that would be their best bet boston relies on their defense they rely on a structured play i I think florida we saw they exposed toronto pretty pretty clear last year with their physical play they got under their skin and toronto wasn't ready for that i think boston would be a perfect round one for them and even tampa tampa's older but they play a similar type game as toronto they they try to outskill you and Toronto can keep up with that. So if they can match up with one of those two teams, avoid Florida. I think Florida will be a nightmare matchup for them again. They just, they seem to have it all clicking right now and they have every ingredient to win in the playoffs. They proved it last year. So get one of those two teams. I think Boston is, is starting to show their cracks a little bit. Tampa's figuring it out, but one of those two would be a good matchup for them. Oddly enough, because two years ago, you would avoid them like the plague. But yeah, let's let's get Boston or Tampa, and I think we can make it to the second round. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I throw the Islanders in that conversation, too. The Leafs just don't play that team well. They don't stack up against them well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so March 8th, John, is the trade deadline. And obviously, Chris Tanev's name has been linked to this Maple Leafs team. Is there anybody out there, players out there, that you think could make sense, that could change the way your opinion of, of this Maple Leafs team? Because obviously they're an incomplete team. Still have a pretty good record because they're so, you know, so incredibly talented, but they've been unable through 51 games to put it together on a consistent basis. <sighs> they, they've really tried everybody the last few years. It's, it's not for a lack of trying. So, yeah. you know, Dubas did a good job. Trevealing is an absolute maniac when it comes to trade. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe maybe a goalie, a backup Carter. I, I think a veteran would be good there. I kick the tires on a flurry, kick the tires on a couple other veterans, but it's tough. You know, you're you're playing the numbers game at this point. Obviously, Tanev would be an incredible. He would be the best you know, option for them. But I like how much how much are you willing to spend on these guys, and how much can you make it work? But I don't know. They they just every they they get everybody at the deadline. It seems like, and it doesn't seem to work. So we'll see. Yeah, it is an interesting no, I, point, I think, when you, when you look at this team, right, Hutz? Well, what's your feel on the goaltending? Yeah, it's tough. I don't think anyone wants to give up too much for goaltending, right? Where, for me, at least you have three guys in the hat. And that goalie, for me, looking back on it, if you don't have one of the top echelon guys, you're pretty much just 
playing the thing, who can get hot at the right time. And I think for them having Wool come back with Samson off, hopefully over all the stuff he dealt with this year. And then a veteran like Martin Jones, it's how much you want to give up for me. It's the back end, right? Finding some more predictable hockey. I'm sure John, you could touch on that. I think as a goalie and, and good teams you've played on when you guys have structure and you can create a consistent game, it makes it life a lot easier on goalies. Yeah. When I, when I build my team fantasy wise, or just in my head, I want centermen and defensemen because that that's who the goalie relies on. That's who the team relies on night in and night out. And I think the Leafs have a pretty strong, you know, center core down the middle. I think they're doing okay there, but yeah, everybody wants more defensemen. I don't know why they didn't kick the tires on Zadora or something like that, but who knows? So you got Giordano. He's, it's just boggles my mind that he's still playing for them and in the league, but I, yeah, get get go get Hannafin, get Tanev, get all those guys. Get get Uyghur, just take Calgary's defense. That'd be fine, and then then we'll win a Stanley Cup. Right. It comes down to price tag too. And lastly, mm-hmm. uh, your thoughts on Phil Kessel winding up in Vancouver potentially, your old buddy. <laughs> Look, I I like Phil. He, I I forgave him for attacking me, but <laughs> I, I don't know how he fits in that lineup. I just watched Vancouver last night versus Chicago. They look pretty complete, and he needs to be like a top two line guy, their third line's pretty deadly with Bluger, Connor Garland, and uh, Joshua. He's not a fourth line guy. Like he's not going to be in on the four check. So I, I just don't know where he fits. I would like to see him maybe go to a team that's looking for a top six position, maybe kick, kick the tires on Edmonton, maybe find a team that's looking for Colorado a team like that Vegas who has some injuries up front. So I don't know. Good for him. Can we can we pencil Vancouver in now for a Stanley Cup Finals? Because Phil wins, man. Like that's what he does. Yeah, and again, there could be a bit of a reunion here with Rick Tockett and Rutherford and Alvin and all these guys. But the other one or two, as we wrap, is just like you know, Kessel hasn't played a game in a long period of time. Now all of a sudden, he's going to move on a moving train here. That that's going to be my intrigue with me. But we'll see what happens there. Are you guys, like if if I know Phil, he's been busting his ass for the last three, four months, like in the gym, relentless training, cardio, weights, plyometrics. If I know Phil that he's going to come in jacked. So I have no issue with his condition right now. He might be too in shape if that's possible. Yeah. But there's, there's such thing as like uh, being in shape at the gym, but also like playing shape though. Right. Oh, he's been skating like an animal, Nick. He's probably (laughs) four or five hours a day. You kidding me? Just waiting, salivating. So he's going to just, he's going to take off. He's going to kill it. We love you, John. Uh, thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk down the road, okay? Maybe. We'll see you guys. But yeah, thanks for having me on. This was great. Have a good one. <laughs> thanks, John. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Oh, he's awesome. John Scott uh, from Dropping the Gloves and uh, ha- had to get his thoughts there on Phil Kessel. I just, <laughs> that's all I could think about. I saw Phil Kessel's name come across the wire. I'm like, I wonder how John Scott feels about that. And then how old is Phil Kessel? This guy is still around. I know. Crazy. He's he's one of those guys. He is kind of a genetic freak, though. He is, he is. like he doesn't look the part like when you when you jump in the shower with him, I play with him in Arizona, like you're not worried about anything. But then you see him in the gym <laughs> and you see the way he can maintain. He's strong, man. He is genetic freak. But like he touched on, though, he is a power play guy like he wants his cookies. He wants to play. So I don't know where he fits on that team, but I would love to see him back in the league. He, Phil Kessel is good for the NHL. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And I think to your point, I knew his trainer. I still know one of his trainers and that's the one thing he told me. He's like, this guy's a freak in the gym. And I'm like, dude, that makes no sense. Like he's got a pot belly, but he's like, man, he's a freak. And he's one of those guys who's just good at every sport too. Um, So it's, it's just one of those things that happens sometimes in life. Like he was just given the talent and uh, we'll see if Phil Kessel does end up signing with the Vancouver Canucks. And again, many thanks to uh, John Scott for dropping by the show. Uh, The following segment is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers. Get custom ring building delivered in less than four weeks with the Charm Masterpiece Program and an unbeatable pricing policy. For more information, go to CharmDiamondCenters.com. Let's take our weekly look at the standings here in the Atlantic Division. I think the good news last night, Detroit lost. They got pumped by Edmonton, a six-point night for Connor McDavid, six apples. The guy's an absolute freak. And then uh, Tampa, man, they've just been consistent the last little while. They got Vasilevsky back. You could speak to the importance of having the big cat back in the lineup, but they find a way to win via the shootout against the Boston Bruins on uh, on Tuesday night. Yeah, I caught that overtime live, uh, the Bruins-Tampa after the Leafs game, and he made a save in overtime on Marchant. I was like, oh dear, 
Like he is back. And then I watched the shootout. He was lights out in the shootout, just like so poised, so big. Like it just felt like, and it kind of gave me instant like fear of like, oh God, like this is a team you don't want to meet in the seven yeah. game series if Vasilevsky gets going, right? So Leafs are in yeah. a good spot right now. It was a good, a good thing he touched. I think Tampa Bay is a little older, but like with a goalie like that, man, he is one of those guys that is in a small handful of goalies that are game changers every single night. And that's a team that I would be scared to play if Vasilevsky gets going. The Botano wrap-up is presented by, by Botano.ca. Excuse me, the game starts now, 19-plus. Please play responsibly. Major announcement, Botano is the official partner of Copa America 2024, taking the beautiful game New Heights in the Americas. Join Botano on their journey of passion, unity, and unforgettable football moments. Uh, so just three games on the slate in the NHL tonight. Um, we see Connor Hellebuck's going to start for Winnipeg against San Jose. I would look at the under in that game. I know it was all over the over last night between the Leafs and Blues, but that went to bed as soon as Marner and Tavares left the lineup. I'm like, that ain't happening. And I thought Bennington made some big time stops in that game. And the other thing I like in this game is the shot prop tonight for Sidney Crosby against the Florida Panthers. I did some digging. He has 200 shots in 49 career games against the Panthers, nine and two outings this season. So I like over two and a half or three and a half shot prop for Sidney Crosby tonight on home ice against uh, Sam Reinhardt and the Florida Panthers. Anything you're looking at? Yeah, I like Sid the Kid at home, too. That's a good pick by you. Um, yeah. I just think this Winnipeg team is going to run this Sharks team over tonight. I would take them in regulation, <laughs> minus one yeah. and a half, whatever. Even buy the alternate line, get it to two and a half, because I just think they're going to pound them. But I also like Minnesota tonight in Arizona. Arizona's reeling a little bit. I don't think Ingram's kind of – I think he's lost that special sauce. So it'd be interesting because it's a huge game for Minnesota as they need to f- keep finding ways to try to win hockey games here as they make a push. Yeah, this is Matt. Like I'm on, I'm on Minnesota too, and I think the cream usually rises to the crop to uh, or to the top, I should say, to quote Macho Man from back in the day. And I think teams that need to win are going to start winning uh, here. So I think a team like Arizona obviously is is middling a bit, and they're going to probably miss the playoffs here. It was a great story in the first half, but not so much here in the second half. So Huts, we'll leave it at that. We're back in the mix tomorrow. Craig Button from TSN is going to drop by. He's had some hot takes earlier this week. Yeah, my boy, Craig Button. So it'll be awesome. I'm, it's kind of cool going back to back. I usually don't get starts like that. So it's nice for you to let me do this back to back. Nikki, give me give me my chance, baby. Hots, you know, as you know, better than most people, analytics do not favor back to backs for starting goalies. You're our starting goalie here on least one he takes. So I don't know what what kind of effort you're bringing tomorrow, buddy. We'll see it. I'll be jacked up. I'll get in. I'll maybe get loose tonight, you know, have a nice pregame meal. And then tomorrow I'm just going to jack up on caffeine and come in hot for you. <laughs> Yeah, and I think the fortunate thing too, it's like a it's like an Ottawa Montreal back to back, right? So you're not traveling a lot. You can't use excuses when you get lit up tomorrow, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I buddy, I got every excuse in the book. I've been using them for years. I was screened. It was tip. It wasn't my fault. I used to do that in the American League because they had one camera way up in the nosebleeds. But then the NHL, they had 12 different views with super slow mo. They could see my eyes were closed as it went by me. Yeah, it's a tough look. It's a tough look. But uh, Marty Berdur probably laughs at that shit because back in the day, he played like 65 times a year and did pretty damn good for himself. But uh, a different era of goaltending in this league. And these guys can't stay healthy. I'm watching Detroit and Edmonton last night and Billy Huso hurt again, which leads me to believe maybe they come back too early. Maybe a conversation for another day. So we'll leave it at that. Uh, thank you to everybody in the chat. You guys are fantastic. At the Leafs Nation 401, John Scott from Dropping the Gloves, former NHL enforcer. For dropping by the podcast today. Again, Jay Rose will be back on Friday. We got Craig Button tomorrow as we tee up the Leafs and the Philadelphia Flyers. So, again, that's Carter Hutton. I'm Nick Alberga. And thank you to producer Vic. We'll talk on Thursday. Happy Valentine's Day. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 